Conversations with Pioneers, hosted by Refule Tobeja. She's a go-getter. What I want to know is, what's the number one criteria you looked for in proposals and requests for funding? Resilient, without a doubt. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you're a leader. Intelligent, most definitely a thinker. She sets the pace. And welcome to yet another edition of Conversations with Pioneers. And I'm your host, Refilo Tobeja. Thank you for joining me. Remember, you can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, and Audible, among others. Today, I'm in conversation with Dr. Masha Lebambo. And you can expect to hear more about rural tourism and hospitality, entrepreneurship, community development, literacy, and so much more. Dr. Masha Libambo holds a doctoral degree in business administration from the Swan University of Technology Business School. She's currently working as a senior lecturer at the Swan University of Technology in the Department of Management and Entrepreneurship. With more than 10 years of experience in higher education, Dr. Libambo has published book chapters and articles in accredited journals and presented her work at local and international conferences. Her research interests are in the areas of entrepreneurship and small business development, entrepreneurship policies, rural tourism, and technological entrepreneurship. In 2012, she founded the Masha Libambo Foundation, focusing on improving literacy in South African townships and rural schools. And she established a preschool in 2020, the Dr. Masha Libambo Academy. Was that a mouthful or not? What? <laughs> I was like, when am I finishing? <laughs> I know, well, right? Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Libambo. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're welcome. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm also good. I'm also good. Let's dive in. Time is not on our side. Yeah, yeah, sure. So you're currently supervising masters and PhD candidates in various universities. How is that like? It's quite challenging, but it's great. I'm grateful for that opportunity to supervise because I'm a doctor today because mm. another person supervised me. So the mm. least I can do is to continue and help other students that are pursuing their postgraduate studies, either master's or PhD. It's a lot of work. It's challenging, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your research interests were in the areas of entrepreneurship and rural tourism. Why have you chosen those areas? So I think my background shaped me. I always say I'm a proud village girl. I'm a proud lady from Bushbuck Ridge in Pumalanga in the villages. And so when I got an opportunity to do my master's, I always wanted to focus on rural entrepreneurship development Mm -hmm. uh, because I believe that there are so many opportunities available in the rural communities, but they are not exposed. And uh, more often, we don't know what's happening in the rural areas. And so my master's topic investigated how is it that tourism is huge in South Africa and that Mm -hmm. a lot of these tourism activities are happening in rural communities. 
but mm. rural communities are not benefiting from tourism. So mm. that's how I got to choose the topic. And later on, I then went on to investigate those particular businesses that are operated by rural people. So if you've got a B&B or a guest house in the rural areas, what opportunities are available for you? and what kind of assistance you need from government and other stakeholders. So that's how I got into investigating more about rural community development because I am from that environment. Mm. In a nutshell, what was your main finding? The first topic on the master's topic was more on adoption of technologies because mm. tourism is an international uh, product, if you may call it that. So mm. you cannot sample it where you bought it. So technology mm. plays an important role in terms of sampling that. So if you want to attract a tourist from Tanzania, for example, and you're not available on the internet and you've not adopted technologies as an entrepreneur or as a business person, it's almost impossible to run a profitable tourism organization. So my topic was focusing on the use of technology or adoption of technology by small businesses in the tourism industry located within tourism communities. So part of the findings was a lot of challenges that are impacting them that leads to non-adoption. So we've got those that are in the rural areas and have adopted technology and those that have not adopted technology. But those that have not adopted technology, the study found that it's not that they are fearful of technology. You know, they're saying that traditional people or people in rural communities they have a fear of technology the study found that it's not true they they do understand mm. the benefits of technology but they don't know how to you know mm. so they need a lot of help they understand what is a website they understand what is social media maybe not in full detail but they need somebody who can help them set up those technology tools that can help mm. them advance their businesses and further into my phd i researched on policies to say since 1994, when the new democratic government came to place, everybody was excited because then a lot of policies were put in place to support small businesses in South Africa, particularly mm. from previously disadvantaged communities. I'm talking township communities and, and rural communities. But the biggest question is, since 1994 to date, have we investigated if those policies have actually assisted those businesses that were intended to assist. So my PhD went into each and every policy that you can think of that talks mm. about small business development in South Africa, literally going into the policies, investigating what the purpose of the policy was, what has the policy achieved to date, uh, what are some of the loopholes in the policy that instead of developing and supporting small businesses, it's actually doing the opposite. So mm. that's quite a very interesting topic that I chose for my master's, particularly looking into policies and, and how we've progressed throughout the years from 1994 as a country, you know. So they're good news and obviously they're bad part of the kind of policies that we've got. Mm. Yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. Now tell us about your company, Mashakwane Consultancy, and what it's all about. So after completing my master's, I decided that I also need to assist students who are, who are pursuing their master's and PhDs. But obviously because my master's was on entrepreneurship, 
the question is, are you an entrepreneur? You know, mm-hmm. um, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're teaching, you've got to make reference to something that you've experienced yourself as a teacher mm-hmm. so that students can relate to your teaching. And mm-hmm. so that you can also draw from personal experiences, you know, and make the content come out uh, more. So um, the Mashakwani Consultancy is a company that I established in 2012 uh, whilst I was still still doing my, my master's. The aim was to assist basically postgraduate students because I saw the challenges that I encountered when I was doing my master's in terms of lack of support, lack of mentors, and just a support group that can help you get through. So when I established the company, the aim was just to assist students in terms of their doctoral and um, uh, generally with their studies. Mm -hmm. And through your foundation, you also mentor young people to establish their own small businesses in the tourism and hospitality sectors. Do you want to share with us some success stories there? Yes, uh, so this is another important project that I'm part of and I'm quite excited to share that during my stay at the University of Johannesburg because I was in the tourism and hospitality department, part Mm. of my duty was to teach a module called tourism management. So basically it involves a lot of entrepreneurship and small business development. So part of my teaching methodology was to put theory in action. So I challenged a lot of students from first year to third year to establish small businesses, to come up with ideas, get a lot of support and turn those ideas into potential businesses. So good news that I can share from that particular project is a student who graduated from the University of Johannesburg. Her name is Pulani Letuka. She currently has a tour operating company that is based in Limpopo in Tawazimbi and she's doing really well and she's getting a lot of support. And this is an idea that she presented uh, during her time as a student at the university. And I'm glad to see that idea turned into a business, a living entity. Hmm. And she's doing well in a very, very difficult in, uh, environment or industry that is tourism, which is still white dominated and which is still a bit difficult, uh, especially for black women to venture into that industry. Is male dominated, is white dominated. But seeing her establishing her tour operating company, getting a lot of clients and and really growing, gradually growing, it makes me so happy. And the other students that um, uh, went on to establish their coffee shops and other small business ventures that I'm really proud of. So that particular program of mentoring uh, young people into establishing their small businesses is something dear to me because Mm. I always argue that we can talk about unemployment. We recently saw the statistics of unemployment in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Things are not looking good, particularly amongst the youth. The biggest question is, what is the solution? And whether you go to policies, we go to parliament, you go to business practitioners, everybody's talking about the so-called entrepreneurship. But the biggest question is, what are we doing as a country to ensure that we support young people to become business leaders? And we need to stop talking. Sometimes we need to stop talking and put things into action. Hmm. And that program was meant to do that, to say enough about the talk. We have a crisis of unemployment in South Africa, yet we claim entrepreneurship is the solution. If it's, it is the solution, 
what are we doing as a country to support young people to feel confident to start a business, to run a business and to run not just a business, but a sustainable, profitable business. So it's a lot of cases that I can mention of students that have went into the program, completed the qualifications with different institutions that I was involved with. But Mm -hmm. today they are running their small businesses. Uh, And I'm proud of that because that is the solution that we want as a country in order to reduce the unemployment rate that we are currently facing. You are definitely playing your part. I mean, you also host free seminars about generating creative and innovative business ideas, drafting business plans, township and rural entrepreneurship, and creating business networks. We salute you. Thank you so much. Now, moving right along... You were honored at the Golden Stars Awards as the recipient of the 2020 Chairman Special Recognition Award for your outstanding contribution in the education sector. First of all, congratulations. Thank you so much. Would you like to share with us about this and other accolades? I was honored by that uh, organization. So obviously they looked into my work, um, Mm. not only what I'm doing currently with uh, entrepreneurship development, but from as far back as 2012, I have been uh, running this uh, very interesting and very important organization, non-profit organization that focuses on literacy in South Africa. The Marshall Ibambo Foundation was founded in 2012 with the aim of uh, cultivating the culture of reading amongst young people, black people mm-hmm. in the townships and, and rural mm-hmm. schools. I always mention township and rural communities because they are dear to my heart. This is yes. where I was born. You know, yes. these are my people. So when one of us goes out of the community and make it, the least you can do is to go back and empower the people hmm. back home. So that has always been my thing. And because I went to your typical public school in South Africa, but not only typical public school in South Africa, I went to a village school. So the the pictures that you see on TV, learners crossing rivers and not having resources, this is something that I lived. It's not something I read about. So when I I went out and got to a university and finished my degree and got a job, I said, I always have to go back home and do something. But because I'm based in Gauteng, how can I connect young people back home uh, in rural communities with where I am today, which is Mm. a different province altogether? And so that's how we started the the foundation, focusing on literacy skills. The aim was to cultivate the culture of reading because I knew that coming from such communities, from such under-resourced schools, One, we didn't have a library in my school. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing a library and university when I got to be admitted. So Mm. my primary school, my high school, we didn't have library. We didn't have ICT centers. We Mm. didn't have sporting facilities that are conducive Mm -hmm. for learners to venture into sports. So all of those things I got to be exposed to when I got to university. So when I made it and making it simply means completing your qualification, I felt I had the duty to go back home and do something. And that's how we started the literacy program which involve, include other programs such as Spelling Bee, Reading Out Loud, Storytelling, Using Mother Tongue, because that is also very important, and other programs that we put together into the foundation to ensure that we promote reading 
in those schools. Mm. Also, we wanted to make it fun because reading on its own can be challenging, especially when you are challenging a school that does not have a reading culture, let mm. alone resources such as textbooks and libraries and other things. So you've got to make it interactive. You've got to make it fun. And so that's why we, we put together programs such as your spelling bee, summarizing a book, storytelling, and others. And mm. because of that work, I then got to be honored by the organization that she just mentioned now. Mm. And it's not the only one that honored me as part of the 2018 News 24 Top 100 Mandelas of the Future. Amazing. Yeah, that was quite big. And I was honored through the University of South Africa at the time. I was working for UNISA. And Mm. they wanted to nominate staff members that are doing great into this program, the News 24 100 young mandelas of the future and i was part of those people or the group that got to be nominated by news 24 so amazing um, yeah so those are some of the accolades but basically recognize the work that i've done in terms of youth development in south africa either doing the entrepreneurship programs or the literacy skills programs definitely a golden star right there you also work as a facilitator for the south african school of government department through a management development program aimed at capacitating public servants in various topics what topics do you cover so this is another important uh, and i think i need to acknowledge the government's efforts in terms mm. of upskilling and reskilling public servants it's very important so very often when we talk about service delivery the biggest question is what are they doing why are they not doing things the correct way why is there no efficiency in government departments um, you can quote any government department a lot of us are complaining about service delivery so this program is very important uh, mm. because what it does it it capacitate public servants in various topics. So I'm, I'm more an expert in management and entrepreneurship. So obviously the topics that I'd cover there is supervision, time management, strategic management, uh, stress management, hmm. and, and communications. It's just different topics that you get to be invited to present by that particular department based on the needs they have mm. in the department with their, with their staff. So it's a very important program and I salute government for working together with uh, institutions. So we do that through the Tswana University of Technology, Department of Public Management. They are responsible for the program and they go around searching for experts in various topics that they can come and present. It's a five-day program they come there and you facilitate um, this particular topic that you're given and you've got an interaction and there are a lot of assignments and feedback sessions, but the aim is to upskill and reskill. Wow, this is fantastic. What powers your drive for success and excellence, Dr. Lebambo? What pushes you to be such an overachiever? (laughs) Not sure if I am an overachiever, but... Okay, you're an achiever. You're you're an overachiever, girl. No time. (laughs) for modesty on conversations with pioneers we don't do modesty here (laughs) thank you so much for that um look i always believe i always use the motto do the best you can where you are with what you have Mm. so i could have just said oh i was born in the villages we didn't have a library in my school we didn't have this and that or 
do something about that, you know, mm-hmm. with what you have, where you are. So what really powers me to succeed every day is knowing that I am where I am today because someone pushed me. Mm. It could be my primary school teacher who did not have much, did not have an office, did not have a library, did not have working tools, but always pushed me to do better, you know, and not look into my background and circumstance as an impediment to my success. So for me personally, it's that it's just saying, do what you can with what you have, where you are. And also knowing that no one is coming to save us. Hmm. We've got to do something. So what do you have? Look around you. I am an academic. I'm a teacher. I'm a lecturer. Over and above teaching the modules that have been allocated by my university. What am I doing to empower the next generation? Given what I have, what else am I doing? I'm an entrepreneur. I've started my own small business. I've got an academy, a preschool based Mm. in social movie because you've got that experience what are you doing to share with the rest of young Mm. people so that's when i introduce programs like the seminar the the small business seminars that i host for free to Mm. young people who've got ideas but they don't know how to turn those ideas into potential businesses Hmm. your students and learners are in great hands now let's talk about your preschool the dr Mashale bambo academy when and why when did it start the year of COVID. unfortunately <laughs> we started or maybe fortunately because we've learned a lot in terms of um enduring and persevering and uh, taking risks and coming out strong so we started in 2020 the year of COVID. You um, pivoted with power yes, there. Yes, Everybody was told, to. pivot, pivot, let's pivot. But we were like, okay, how do we pivot under yeah. the circumstances? And you're like, listen, watch out. We're going out and we're doing it. So 2020, I always like keeping things very simple. So when people ask me, how did you start? It's a very simple strategy I used. So I always mm-hmm. say, I always go back to my motto, do the best you can with what you have, mm-hmm. where you are. So yeah. the question was that, Okay, I always had this big dream of establishing a school that is affordable, but offers the best quality education Mm -hmm. so that people will not have to move from the townships or from the rural areas to access quality education. So if I may ask you a question, if you want the best schools and you are from Social Movie or Mami Lodi, do you think those schools are available in those particular communities? Or it means you've got to take a taxi out of your community, travel an hour to access quality education. So the whole thing of establishing the preschool in Social Movie was not a coincidence, was not a mistake. It was a planned idea that was meant to address a problem, a problem in South Africa between the haves and the have-nots. And the have-nots will always have to travel more and pay more to Mm. access quality. And I Mm. asked myself, going back to your motto, which you always talk about, do the best you can with where where you are, with what you've got, the question is, you don't have the money to establish that big school that you are dreaming of starting. The question is, what do you have? So I've got a house in Social Gouve. I can turn that house into a school. That's how I did it. And literally took my savings, went in, got some people to refurbish the house and turn things around and create classrooms and repaint and do everything that needed to be done to have a preschool 
And literally in months, we established the school and we started operating. And that's what led to Dr. Marsha Libambo Academy starting mm. in the year of COVID 2020. And today we are still, we are still standing. We're strong, we're going on, we're still operating. And we've learned a lot, especially mm. starting a business during that year of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Share with us what you learned. I mean, the main points only. So in 2020, we came together with my team and we asked ourselves, we had a target of 30 learners. So we are starting out. We don't have a lot of experience. We've got a small facility, so we can only take 30 for the first year. And Mm -hmm. um, with January, we came in, we were already at 25 and we were so excited to say, we are new in the industry. Nobody knows mm-hmm. us, but mm-hmm. I think because I've been around, I have been doing a lot of programs for free for communities. I can mention the Spelling Bee program. Mm-hmm. I can mention the Literacy Skills program. So people were aware of the Masha Libambo brand as a brand that is associated with youth development and education. So mm-hmm. when we started the preschool it was easier for people to trust us because we've been doing this for quite some time and for free. And Mm. we've been doing it, basically trying to assist young people in South Africa. So the biggest lesson there is take risks, Hmm. just go for it. And I I know it's sound cliche when people say just jump, but Hmm. the biggest lesson is jump, start with what you have, where you are, and get a good team because what got us where we are today almost two years later after the pandemic started in 2020 was because we took a risk and we had a plan so you take a risk you have a plan and you get a good team and you believe in yourself and you maybe because i have a background of business management and entrepreneurship i understand that the first two years of any business that you start it's going to be very difficult. In fact, research says 60% of small businesses in South Africa, they do not go beyond the two years hmm. after they established. So the first two years are the most important years to say if you are going to make it in the business that you've started or not. So I knew that COVID-19 or not, I was going to get a lot of challenges in the first two years. And I braced myself for that. I got a good team. We worked very hard in terms of marketing and also in terms of fulfilling the promise of quality education in the township, ensuring Mm. that whatever education services that we were offering to communities, to parents, were that of quality so that they can trust us even beyond COVID-19. For example, Mm. when the president announced that the country is going on lockdown and schools have to shut down, we lost everybody all the clients Mm. that we had, the kids that we had, unfortunately, Mm. we had to shut down. So you move from 25 kids to zero. Mm. And the question is, what do you do? Do Do you pack your stuff and leave? Or you try again the following year? It was beyond our power, COVID-19. It was something that we could not control. We had to comply with the regulations and shut down operation. But the following year, which was 2021, we came together and we planned that we are going ahead, going back to the parents, assuring them that we are continuing with the promise of quality, basic foundation education Hmm. in the township. This Mm. is what we're promising to do. Mm. This is how we're going to ensure that 
your kids are safe with us in our facilities given COVID-19. These are the promises that we are making and they trusted us with the promises. And I guess we did not let them down. That is why 2021, 2022, we still have uh, clients. We still have the parents partnering with us. We've got the kids and we reached our enrollment target. Mm. And that's the biggest lesson that I've learned that do it so you can learn how to do it. That's the best um, advice ooh. I can give you. Do it so you can learn how to do it. I love that. And you know, you reminded me of a little research that I did in 2019. I was part of some business incubation program. And on my research, I found out, Kore, you know, the problem with high school learners in public schools struggle with reading, struggle with English. The problem is at foundational level. It's Absolutely. not something. Yeah, the problem is at the foundational level. So what you're doing is very commendable. You're filling a very, a very important gap there. Well done. Thank you so much. So just out of interest, what do you still want to achieve as we drawing closer to the end of our beautiful conversation? So I have a dream of Dr. Marsha Libambo Academy being a fully fledged primary school. Mm. So right now we are operating as a preschool, mm. but the bigger plan is a fully fledged primary school wow. and a high school <gasps> and maybe a college one day. So that's the bigger plan. Oh. That's where I am focusing on right now. Every That's day when I wake amazing. up in the morning, I ask myself, what have you done to get closer to that big dream of yours? Wow. Uh, of, of, and it's not just starting a school. I have to say, for me, is I had to travel from Pumalanga in Bushbuck Ridge, travel five hours to Gauteng to access a university. That was before hmm. they, they started University of Pumalanga. So in my province, for example, we didn't even have a university to start mm. with. It already tells the kind of an environment we are coming from. If mm. you have a province without a university, the question mm. is what is happening in the high schools and primary schools? You know, so for me, it had always been that I had to travel far. I had to leave my family. I had to leave my province. I had to leave mm. my community. To access, access is everything. To access quality education. I don't want my community to do that. I have a dream of going back to my community and establishing a school so they don't have to travel hours to find that perfect school for, for their children. So that is the bigger plan that I have. It needs a lot of support. It needs a lot of funding. All it the needs best. A yeah, yeah, so that's that. But if there's one person who can, who can make it happen is you. I believe that. You will oh, definitely you make it <laughs> you. you will definitely make it happen. So how do we get a hold of you? On Facebook, uh, it's Dr. Marsha Lebambo Academy. Also on Instagram, we've got uh, Dr. ML Academy. So Marsha Lebambo on, on Instagram is ML, just the initial and surname, the first letter ML um, Academy. And um, yes, those are the platforms that you can reach out on. Uh, but we also have a website, www.ml, Dr. ML Academy. Uh, so those are the sites where you can reach out and uh, definitely we, we always res respond if people reach mm. out. Yeah. Thank you. There's one more thing I wanted to ask you and, and can I leave FOMO? I'm very curious. How do you unwind? What do you do to just relax and just be Masha, Nji? 
That's a very interesting question. <laughs> Given the kind of work that I do, so exactly. I, I I love my sleep. So I ensure that my home is calm and welcoming and clean, so that I can just have a simple, relaxing day. So I sleep a lot because mm. if I'm not sleeping, I'm working. So I love watching documentaries, especially mm. biographies, mm. and I love my sleep because. Most of the time, if I'm awake, I'm thinking about how do we get closer to that big dream of establishing mm. a business. So mm. just unwinding for me, it's a lot of sleep and just being in house, taking it easy, maybe watching an interesting documentary on TV or reading a book. And I don't even have time to read books, normal books, because being an academic means you're reading every day. Mm. So I don't even know what it means. But when I get a chance, I sleep a lot or maybe watch something interesting on TV. We get the picture. And you're definitely a trailblazer, Dr. Masha Lebambo. Continue to break boundaries and may you reach new heights. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. If so, please share. Let's make this circle a little bit bigger. Thanks to everyone who continue to support us. We have listeners in Algeria, Ghana, Libya, UK, the US, Kuwait, France, Malawi, Morocco, Peru. The list is endless. Conversations with pioneers is growing by the day and it's all thanks to you. If you're also making great things happen like all my guests, like Dr. Masha Lebambo, if you'd like to reach us, send an email to info at refuelatobeja.com. On the socials, Insta and Twitter, reach me at refuelatobeja, Facebook page refuelatobeja, and on LinkedIn, I am refuelatobeja. Let's do this again next time as we level up, level up with yet another pioneer and amount. Conversations with Pioneers. Hosted by Refuelio Tobeja.